mindfulness mode. Walk toward them, not away from them. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome back to the show. Today, I have a guest who has an unbelievable story of overcoming adversity. And he has outlined that in his book, but he's gone on to talk about his ideas and his theories about mindfulness, about reality, spiritual energy, all of that kind of thing. His book is called Curious Avatar, and I can recommend it. It's really a fantastic book. I'm here today with Mark Max Pollock. Mark, are you in mindfulness mode today? You know what, Bruce? I am in mindfulness mode. Yes. And I'm so glad to be here. So glad to have the opportunity to visit with you and uh, just to to discuss whatever is on your mind and uh, relating to mindfulness or anything else. Yeah. Well, so what does mindfulness mean to you, Mark? That's a good question, Bruce. Um, Mindfulness is, for me, is very multifaceted. Um, I kind of visualize it as conscious awareness, and it's the secret sauce for healing, for personal transformation, and for creating the reality that we want to create in this world. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's got a lot going on with mindfulness. I know it's kind of a general term, but uh, there are many sides to it. Some are positive, some are blissful, some are really getting down and focusing in on the hard work of healing and uh, personal transformation. Right, well, you've done so much soul searching, so much, thinking about mindfulness in the world and what makes the world tick. But a lot of this happened because you had such a tough time as a child and you've outlined that in your book. What do you think it is that causes some people to have all this challenge and then they just can't get anywhere in life and yet you it seemed to help you to move forward in some ways? Why do you think that is? You know what? I, I've got, a, I've got a, a, maybe a controversial viewpoint on the tough times that, some, that we go through in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they're all there for a reason. I believe we all bring them into our reality in this lifetime for, to learn certain lessons uh, for a specific reasons. And uh, our objective in every lifetime uh, is to basically learn the lessons that are embedded within that life. And I think we come into each life with more or less a broad agenda. Listen, this is this is the the karma that we've stored up from previous lifetimes. And this is uh, number one. uh, Our objective is to burn any negative karma that we can in this life. And number two uh, is to learn the valuable lessons that are embedded into adversity specifically. So when I look at my life from a historical standpoint, it was all there laid out uh, in, in, in all its ugliness sometimes uh, for a specific reason to give me the tools that I need to learn the lessons that are embedded within those, that, that adversity. So it was, you know, it, it, uh, you know, a lot of people go through or launched into this life in less than ideal circumstances. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, my circumstances were not pleasant, but, you know, far less, 
traumatic than a lot of people. But mm-hmm. I think it's in it, it's it, it's each of us. It's imperative that we understand that in within each of these uh, in all of this adversity, there is a lesson embedded within that. And so we need to just do the hard work, uh, mindfully, consciously, aware, uh, in conscious awareness, drilling into each of these circumstances and finding that jewel. And once we learn that jewel, we can release the negative energy. And once that negative energy is released, you're done with it. You're done with it forever. So um, that's, I've been going through that long, hard, sloggy process my entire life. It continues today. Uh, And, uh, you know, but uh, I think that that's the primary reason why we are embedded in each lifetime. Right. Well, it really impacted me in your book when you talked about the scenario where you were in the principal's office and the principal was talking about how, you know, you were just so dense that you yes. know you yeah, just yeah. tell us about that experience like that well, was powerful you know what i mean i had i had a kind of a transient traumatic a lot of violence homelessness in my childhood and uh you know uh for children particularly um you know it 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 shuts you down you know it really you know i wasn't i was in and out of the school system i really didn't have a consist, consistent consistent uh, uh lower grade education and uh, and emotionally, I was just a, uh, just it was a nightmare. I was just not equipped to deal with life, and I was an emotional basket case. And when I was uh, this this happened uh, when I was about thirteen years old in junior high school here in the United States, and I was just I would just melt down in class. I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I couldn't absorb the information uh, because I just, my mental, emotional processes were just completely whacked out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 you know, I understand why he thought I was, uh, you know, uh, just ment- uh, mentally not capable of absorbing information and processing it in a normal way, but because yeah. I wasn't. Um, but, you know, that that episode gave me a little bit of the fire to just try my hardest to overcome some of these emotional things that I was dealing with. And it took a lot of time, a lot of years, and a lot of work. But, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, uh, you know, I ended up going to, to college, to graduate school, to uh, starting a really successful business with my wife and having a very thriving, successful career. And uh, so it's all worked out. Yeah, that's great. Tell us about your first business, your first success as an adult. Yeah, my first success as an adult was probably just, uh, you know, entering into the university environment. And, you know, I, I came into it, I, I honestly, I don't know, uh, I, I was not a great, great student. Uh, and I was still dealing with a lot of emotional issues. Uh, but somehow I managed to get into the university environment. And then started just basically capturing little bits of information here and there that sparked my curiosity. And then I realized that in order to get where I want to go in life, I need to reframe my entire life. 
I need to uh, throw out everything that has not worked for me, has not worked for my tribe, my my family situation. Everybody I was around was kind of in a this dysfunctional downward cycle. So I had to reframe that in my head and go, well, there's got to be something better. Or maybe there isn't. You know, it was really kind of a nihilistic attitude at that point. I was like, you know, either I can find the answers to this and I can dig myself out of this or really this life isn't going to be worth living. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the, the, the place I was coming from. So the my first success as an adult was just getting those glimmers of information and hope that started reframing my way of thinking about life, of the universe, my place in life, and then realizing that I had the power. I have control over my life and the trajectory of my life. And once that started, then it just started building from there. And, um, you know, it translates into personal relationships, it translates into business success, uh, uh, prosperity, what, however you that define that, and uh, you know, ultimately, uh, just searching for peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's a long, hard road. But the first step to that is understanding that uh, we are basically a dichotomy. We have two minds. We have our biological mind which is basically programmed from uh, eons of evolution and also programmed from our social, uh, how we entered this world, our socialization. And then we also have what is what we call the spiritual mind. And this is the core of who we really are. So the, 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 the process in my mind of mindfulness, of conscious awareness, is just the recognition that we are not our mind, we're not our body, we're not our circumstance, our situation, we are something other. And then being able to objectively view all of those external circumstances uh, in a way that we can uh, affect change. And uh, then, you know, once you're aligned with your spiritual self, uh, you, you know, you can deal with your problems, with the, the, the buried negative energy from your past, you know, all these things, because it becomes less personal and more of a exercise of recognizing the lessons that we need to learn, uh, uh, healing ourselves, healing our relationships with the people around us and then determining how why am i here you know what's my overall purpose in this life not only to self-actualize and to improve our own my own karmic profile but to contribute to the world in some way right and uh, try to identify what that is i want to go back to the moment when you first decided to write your book curious avatar what did you want to achieve what was the message you were hoping that the reader would take away you know what it was initially just a way for me to kind of chronicle my own uh, transformative process Uh uh, to define it honestly in a way that uh you know when 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 you're in in over the years you know there's lots going on and you're picking up bits and pieces here and there 
But unless you sit down and you just kind of chronicle it, it really, you, you get bits and pieces of the picture, but the overall process is not that evident. So it was a way for me to help myself, first of all, to mm -hmm. chronicle my process and define what I, you know, my belief system, uh, you know, how I view reality, how reality works, how I have used all this information to affect change, real change in my life. And uh, then also I really kind of wanted to leave this information with i have four kids and you know with them with the people that are in my you know that in my radius uh so that you know hopefully some nugget would help them along the way at some point and then it just kind of took off from there and i realized that it's uh you know, I've got kind of a a theory of everything uh, mm -hmm. that works for me uh, that I um, uh, that I use every day to affect real change in my life, to manipulate spiritual energy, creative energy, to funnel it into this world. Um, my, it's 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 to some people it's going to sound crazy and esoteric, but I believe that our biological beings are purpose built to channel creative energy, spiritual energy from a quantum state into a thermodynamic state, uh, into material reality. I believe we're purpose built to do that. So the obstacle is from, from a mindfulness or awareness standpoint is being able to fine tune our minds, our biological minds, uh, to uh, allow us to do that in a in an easier and easier fashion, uh, in a more efficient fashion. So I'm constantly trying to you know explore, fine tune that, and and get information, try techniques, and you know, and, and my book is titled Curious Avatar because above all things, I think the 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 biggest characteristic of folks that are successful and that, uh, that uh, are, are really good at exploring these concepts is just the notion of curiosity. We, you know, we have to stay open, we have to stay curious, we can't put walls up and define dogma. Uh, and if, if you're open to everything, which I have I made an effort to be my entire life, then you, know, you, you learn amazing things and you try them in your life and some things work, some things don't. You keep the things that work and you discard the things that don't and uh, you just move on down the road. And that's kind of my philosophy. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting reading the book. And I want to ask you about the feedback you've received from your book. Can you share a little bit of feedback with us? You know what? I, it's it's amazing, Bruce. And, and uh, you know, it's uh, from an ego standpoint, it is so gratifying when people reach out to me and express how the book has impacted their life. Uh, and, um, you know, it's it's it, it it's it's heartwarming. And, and I and I love that. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it will uh, remain relevant. Uh, you know, for many years to come, but mm -hmm. uh, it's being, you know, it's been very well received, thankfully. And, you know, that's not particularly why I wrote it, but uh, it's, 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 it's great. It's great to, you know, it's great to affect, you know, in some way have some 
influence over change in somebody's life. And because when I think about all the authors that I read all, you know, on a daily basis and have read, you know, studied over and that have impacted my life, uh, I'm so grateful and thankful for their message out there and for the effect it's had on me. So if I can do that in some tiny, small way, uh, then that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, Mark, you've worked as an energy practitioner, at least you've trained as that. Can you tell us about your training and about your work as an energy practitioner? Sure, sure. Well, uh, early on, I discovered that energy, you know, that uh, the basis for everything is energy, is a quantum-based reality. So I started exploring ways to actually physically channel that energy and manipulate that energy into this reality that we experience, this material world. And uh, just over the years, you know, from uh, healing to uh, creating wealth to prosperity to uh, creating positive uh uh, auras, you know, I, I just started, you know, ex experimenting, experimenting, experimenting with channeling energy. And that's when I discovered that we are purpose built for this. Every one of us is. And if we're open to it and if we we make a conscious, mindful effort to channel this energy, we can actually manipulate energy, channel it into creating reality the reality that we want, the reality that we envision, the reality that is in the best benefit for everybody. And uh, so that's, you know, that that's kind of the impetus for it. And just over time, I just learned different techniques from different people. And again, staying open, staying curious, you know, really not putting any blinders up, you know, uh, some of this is just really kind of out there. Some of it's very woo-woo and, you know, you just, you know, immediately you're skeptical about it. But I try to take a, an attitude that I'm just going to just open myself and experience it, try it and experiment with it. And if it is, if there's something there, then I incorporated that into my practice. If there's not, then I let it go. But uh, what I've found is that energy is absolutely everywhere. Everything is connected. Uh, we can affect change, real change in our lives, in the lives of the people around us, uh, every moment of every day, if we are conscious and we are uh, purposely channeling the energy that we want to channel. Uh, we can take negative energy. We can transform that into higher frequency, higher frequency, positive energy. We can, you know, do all kinds of amazing things. And it, it seems at the time miraculous and it is, but you know, we are put on this earth to perform miracles and they are possible. So that's uh, yeah. So it's a uh, energy work is just a natural kind of a, byproduct of everything that I've been learning over the years. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I find it just, I still find it miraculous. I still find it just amazing and, and just exciting because you can see, you know, it's, and, you know, and it's, and it's, it doesn't even have to be kind of an esoteric view. I mean, prayer is 
a way of bringing in manipulating energy right uh meditation uh you know uh in you know uh having an intention for something i mean it's simple but these are all ways in which we utilize our biological minds to bring in uh, quantum energy and transform that into actual material reality. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you about meditation. What does meditation look like in your life, Mark? You know what? I have a multidisciplinary <laughs> meditation practice. So yeah. um, I, I think there are two faces to intelligent energy. Uh, there is the um, kind of the, the 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 deep face where it's just the alpha, the omega, the infinite, the 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 bliss state of core energy, and uh, a lot of meditative practices seek to to tap into that, right, into that peace, into that just blissful, calm state, right. And that's, that is, that is one of the faces of God. That's one of the faces of intelligent energy. But there's also another face, and that is of dynamic creativity. Uh, you know, it is obvious from when you look at the, the arc of the universe, the arc of uh, our planet Earth, the arc of humanity, of evolution, that there is a drive to create. There's a drive forward. Uh, and uh, that is another aspect of creative energy that you can tap into with meditation, by visualizations, by setting intentions, uh, goals, dreams, uh, you know, desires, uh, you know, all of that. And that is an excited state. You know, that is a, a, a you know, it stimulates, you know, your your biology to to go forward and create things in the future. And uh, so sometimes I meditate and it's, I just want, I just want to, I just want to connect with that uh, right. infinite state. Right. And then some, uh, sometimes I meditate with a purpose, uh, mm -hmm. with wanting to create, with wanting to channel energy for a specific purpose. And uh, so I try to incorporate both of those into my practice on a daily basis. Right. And what else does your daily routine include? You know, I, I, I'm really, um, for me personally, I'm, I'm just trying to maximize my life. Right. So it's, it's, it's incorporating those meditations. It's about, uh, uh, sitting down and, and doing what I feel I'm called to do every day. Uh, and you know, our lives are complicated. They're complex. They're, they're all over the place. So, you know, we, we have obligations, we have things we have to do, uh, and, uh, we have commitments, but, you know, just carve out time every day to do what I feel I'm called to do as well, because that's nourishing. That's, you know, we, we, we live in an energetic state. We're always giving and receiving energy. So if we are always just giving energy to life, to accomplishing things, to handling problems, to, you know, trying to figure out our finances, to trying to, you know, deal with our relationships. There's never a time where we're replenishing the well. So, 
you know, it's also about replenishing the well, like tapping into that deep state, tapping into like going out, walking in nature, mm-hmm. just letting letting the world's energy then feed you back. Because I think that that's the thing that, especially in the West, we miss a lot. I mean, we're always giving energy. We're always projecting energy out, yeah. but we're never receiving that energy back. And then all of a sudden we feel depleted. We feel depressed. Yes. We feel like, you know, you know, it's just like, uh, and that's a sign that, okay, I got to stop. And now I've got to receive energy. I got to go out and hug a tree. I got to yeah. go out and just, yeah. you know, walk in, walk in the snow and, you know, just let the world's energy just feed me uh, and, you know, and, and replenish those stores. So I try to, I try to do both of those things every, every day. Um, uh, my physical, you know, exercise is a big thing. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm trying to take care of the temple, you know, as the Bible yeah. says, you know, your yeah. body's the temple, right? Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and for no other reason than I'm trying to just maximize my ability to affect the change that I was brought into this world to affect. Right, right. Uh, and that, and you know, for no other reason than just, uh, you know, I, and, you know, maybe I drop dead tomorrow, whatever it is, but at least I've done what I feel I can do to, you know, uh, stay alert, stay physically right. active as long as I possibly can. So right, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, there's that part of it and that includes eating and, you know, so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not a monk. I enjoy the, 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 the fruits of this world as well. And uh, that's uh, and that's one of the pillars of my belief system. I believe that uh, as an avatar for our spiritual selves here in the here in this world, um, what we are learning to do in an evolutionary sense is to enjoy material life. So if you know if you envision yourself as a spiritual being. You do, really don't have access to uh, the warmth of the sun, to the, you know, not necessarily like all these physical things that we enjoy that we just, just, we lap up and that mm-hmm. are just such a joy to us. I think we are here to actually enjoy ourselves, right? Yeah, I, mean, I we think are so here, too. We are here yeah. to just experience every joy that this material realm has to offer uh, in a healthy way. I think and, so too. Yeah. 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 I, I want to ask you, Mark, what, how does the color black speak to you? The color black, I love the color black uh, because it puts me in a, a mind state of openness. So okay. when, so when I, when I, I, I wear a lot of black, I love black. So, uh, it to me, it's it's uh, it's more of a blank slate. It's a blank chalkboard. It's like you know, okay, you're you have black, and then you can you can bring light in. You can fill it however you want. So, I love I love the color black. How oh, what do you really, think about the color black? 
Well, I, I think that it's important to you, and I thought that as soon as I saw your website and I I started researching you and reading your book, and I, yeah, I thought, yeah. I've got I've to ask Mark about this, That's... because for some people, they don't even think it's a color. And some people yeah. think it's just something that they don't want to even talk about or have in their life because some people are all about the light and the brightness dark darkness yeah versus darkness and yeah whatever yeah yeah that's interesting you're the only one that's ever asked me that question that's Mm. that's that's amazing yeah so very perceptive uh yeah i i i i overtly visualize black a lot of times uh simply because it wipes the slate clean from a dogma and preconceptions and it allows it allows new to enter so that's that's how yeah so that's that's interesting Interesting. yeah 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 i want to ask you about the topic of bullying because i've worked in that field for a long time do you have a story Mm. about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference you know what uh yeah, I've got a lot of them. Uh, yeah. So growing up, you know, I was a, I mean, I was a, I was just a really tortured kid and uh, a misfit and uh, just, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot of bullying. Uh, and I was never taught the tools of mindfulness or, how to, you know, understand my emotions or what I'm feeling or mm-hmm. actually connecting. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I grew up in the in the South United States and a lot of it was just the opposite. It was about denial, right? Mm-hmm. About denying your feelings, about hiding, about, uh, about uh, suppression. Uh, and now I know how damaging that is. But uh, had I had those tools growing up, it would have made a huge difference. Uh, because, you know, you know, because, you know, if you don't have those tools, and you have all these negative emotions and self critical emotions that pop up because of bullying or, or shame, or whatever, you know, negative stimulus that is you know, that is being thrown at you, then you just internalize it. That's me. You know, that's who I am, apparently, you know. And uh, so I think the, the, the movement now of teaching mindfulness to children, to young adults, is critical. Um, it, it, it's transformative because it allows them to, you know, uh, practice equanimity, step back and look at, look at the situation. I'm not that emotion. I'm not that guy who's bullying me or girl who's bullying me. Uh, I am something else. I'm this special soul. And, uh, I'm, you know, so I'm going to deal with that emotion in a positive way rather than acting out in violence. And, uh, I spent a lot of years acting out violent. Mm -hmm self-destructive behavior you know all of that is just because all of this negative energy was just suppressed and roiling in 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 my psyche and um you know it took a long it's uh, you know it's it's a lifelong process it's still it's still there you know to to some extent but you know but i you know made great gains but it's just you know it's you know if the 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 toolkit of being able to objectively analyze your feelings and emotions and the actions of others is unbelievable i mean it's transformative 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Yeah, um, a powerful mindfulness influence. You know what? I years ago ran into a good friend of mine and uh, uh, Ross Hostetter, and he's in the integral training field uh, out in Colorado. And mm -hmm. he he has been a very big mentor to me in really tapping into, you know, mindfulness awareness understanding what exactly is happening in my mind versus my spirit. Right. So he has been a huge influence. Awesome. My second question is about uh, your emotions and how mindfulness has helped you deal with your emotions differently. It has transformed how I deal with my emotions in every way. Uh, before I was just reacting. You know, it was just total reaction. It was self-destructive. It was violent. It was, you know, I didn't understand why I was doing anything I was doing, honestly. And I think a lot of people wander through life that way. They're, yeah. they're behaving and they have no idea why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And even if they really have a sense that what they're doing is damaging, uh, they, they can't stop because they don't understand why. Yeah. So once you focus in on the why uh, and start uncovering the the you know the root cause of that, then you can transform it. Then you can heal that energy. So it's it's it means everything. Right. Let's talk about breathing. Do you have any thoughts or ideas about breathing as it relates to mindfulness? Yes, I think uh, I think our breath and, you know, Eastern religion really focuses a lot on breath. And I think that there's a reason for that, because it is breath is life. Right. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, it it symbolically represents life and it physically represents life. So when we focus on our breath or when I focus on my breath and I'm not, I'm not a meditation expert, but uh, I, it gives my mind a chance to just kind of clear, focus on an activity, and then I can uh, sink into uh, my consciousness, you know. So yeah. uh, uh, um, I, I like uh, dynamic breath work, uh, the Wim Hof stuff, you know, kind of mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, I think it bring, you know, it's amazing the the bi biological effect it has, you know, and you can yeah. bring states of uh, ecstatic, you know, you know, joy and bliss. And but you can also calm nerves, you know, with with your breath. So, you know, you feel, you know, all of a sudden you're constricted and you're nervous and you're you're anxious. And as soon as you release that breath, your biology releases. And so it's that biology connection that I think just enhances everything you're doing from a mindfulness standpoint. I mean, it's and it's a very real physical thing. So, you know, as well as a spiritual thing. Mark, I recommend your book, Curious Avatar, to all of my listeners. But is there any other book that you would recommend? You know what? Uh, I am a uh, yeah. I'm reading. I'm I'm reading a book of secrets by Osho right now. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of a controversial figure. I get it. But, uh, uh, you know, he, he, had a, he had a cult and whatever. But his book is unbelievable. And the wisdom in there is undeniable. Uh, so I would, uh, that's what I'm reading currently. It's, it's only about 1400 pages. So <laughs> it's a big one, but if you can, if you can kind of make it a practice to read a little bit every day, uh, the wisdom embedded in there is undeniable and, uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. That's a good practice to read every day for sure. My last question is about an app. Are there any apps that you recommend or any kind of apps at all? You know what? Uh, I have made a conscious effort to kind of wean myself from uh, the phone as much mm-hmm. as I can these days. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think that um, uh, you know I like I like uh, FaceTime and you know because uh, you can see somebody. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and we I need mean, to connect more. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm 63 years old, so I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm of that generation where, you know, like, I'm not going to get too embedded in, into, uh, the technology side, but, um, uh, it's, uh, I, I love connecting with people. I love connecting through, uh, I write on Substack. Uh, so I love connecting with people through my writing and Substack and, you know, and those kinds of apps, but, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, as we wrap up the interview, Mark, I want to ask you if you have any final words of advice for our listeners. Yeah. Um, final advice. Well, two things. Uh, number one, just, uh, approach your demons and your problems and your your issues uh walk toward them not away from them as soon as possible those need to be healed in life so for the young people that may be listening don't run away from your problems and your demons uh and your uh, psychoses and all of that stuff you need to run toward them analyze them and heal and uh i guess finally just stay curious stay open stay curious about the world try everything and work out what works for you good advice well mark it's really been an honor to have you on the show and really exciting to read your book thank you so much for being on mindfulness mode today mark thank you bruce this has been an honor and a thrill and it's so good to meet you and chat with you and i hope we can do this again yeah totally all the best bye now all right blessings Thank you, brother. Yeah. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for joining us today. And I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. They have a product called AG1. And I can tell you that this is a terrific product. It contains 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, and probiotics. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, this will work for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial ingredients. It supports better sleep and better alertness. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science and it costs less than three 
$5 a day. So here's a special offer for you, Mindful Tribe. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com mindfulness. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.